Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brand. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that serves stigmatized communities and uses the experiences of people who have experienced stigma um, to guide others in navigating their own healing process. Uh, I don't know if you all are aware, but there is a Facebook group out there. I keep mixing it up with other groups. What is it, Megan? Hashtag no stigma. It's hashtag no stigma. Oh, I feel so terrible for like not knowing that. There are a lot of groups and people that I come into contact with and then for some reason, you know, they'll start out, have a lot of momentum, be exciting and excited and want to help people with herpes. And I think at some point they go so hard that they just get burnt out really quickly. This one appears to be growing at a very fast pace and it's exciting to see all the expansion and how many different people there are who are in here talking about having disclosed their status on their social media pages and even the people who have considered it like just the fact that people are talking about it is exciting i'm hoping that this is something that will be self-sustaining especially given the activity from the community and how receptive it's been i give you all of that information because that was actually how i met today's guest and we have 25 year old megan here and you can tell us as much as you want to tell us about yourself as far as like where you're from, what you do for a living, anything that's coming up for you that's exciting. You know, we'll just go from there. Well, I'm Megan, 25. I work in the service industry, so I'm a server. I was diagnosed last June, and it was the scariest day of my life because I had no idea about herpes before I was diagnosed. And so walking into it and being told that that's what it is, I just, I sat there and I cried. And the lady that had diagnosed me just held me and she was like, it's all right. It's not the end of the world. Here are some resources you can go to. You know, she gave me all this information and yet I still just sat there and cried. But now almost a year later, I realize it's not the end of the world. And I want to be out here and tell people there are people that have your back. We support you 100% and there's no reason at all to be afraid of it. Yeah. How'd you find the group, first off? Because when I was diagnosed, I had so much trouble finding support in groups. But once I found the first one five years into my diagnosis, I discovered that there were so many other ones. A couple of months ago, I had joined Reddit and there was a group on there. It's uh, just Reddit subreddit herpes. And... um there was a guy, Jeremiah, he had posted a thing and was like, hey, we've got this Facebook group. That's how I found the group, which I came in contact with you about. Since then, you know, I've just been posting and talking with people. So I've gotten in contact with a lot of different people about it. It's been so supportive and everybody's got different ways of like helping to disclose and passing information along and telling facts about things. That's how I found you. A question that's come up for me lately from people that I've spoken with on interviews with other podcasts is there is such a difference between how I'm 31 when I say like younger I'm putting myself like dead smack in the center here but when I say younger generation of people I mean anywhere from probably 21 to 
29, 30. And when I say older, I just sort of mean maybe 33 to 40. In the way that they manage, navigate, deal with a diagnosis. And it seems like the younger people, you falling under that category by my definition, you all are really proactive in finding the information that you need, seeking support, being open with each other and vulnerable with one another in order to provide that support to one another in that community. Would you agree with that statement, just given your experience till now? Oh, yes, very much so. We strive to like, hey, we're not monsters. You know, we're not going to kill you. There's nothing about us that can hurt you in any way. It's just the stigma behind it of, oh, this is a STD in quotation marks. So it's spread by contact, but there's so much that people don't understand about it. So I wanna go out and help people learn. It's really just like a weird skin condition, that's all. And people will correct you about that and say it's a nerve condition because it lives in the nerves. But when you say skin condition, I think the general population knows what you mean, given that that's where the symptoms show and that's how it passes on. What I'm hearing from you is that you understand the reality of the situation. You know the truth about it. It's not this big, bad, scary thing that Google or Yahoo search or AOL search, if that's still a thing, shows you whenever you search for herpes, given your own personal experience experience with it. It's been completely different now that you know what the truth is about this virus. Exactly. It's gonna be okay. It's scary for the first couple days, first couple months, first couple years. Are the young people going to Reddit? Because that seems to be the largest population. That's where I've gotten a lot of my podcast guests from early on in the podcast. And I guess now that holds true because that's kind of how you got to where you are and we connected. It seems like what Reddit represents to me, uh, the herpes of Reddit at least, is a space where people are able to open up and share this similar, same, whatever you want to call it, experience and people have been nothing but supportive. No one's been a jerk on Reddit, surprisingly, considering some things I've heard about other subreddits. Well, Reddit is like, um, it's more anonymous. So like, it could be your neighbor that you're talking to and you wouldn't even know unless you like share the information like that. And so um, like the subreddits involving like the herpes, you just go there and you're like, hey, I have a question. Like, has anybody had this? Like, is this a common thing? And so everybody is there just for that. So it's like a little more relaxing in like an open environment of just we're all here for this common thing. So it's not as scary because you don't know who you're talking to. It could be literally anybody. And we just all want to be comfortable in our own skin. So that's why I joined the group. I've gotten so many questions answered and like I've answered some questions. It's so much more like relaxing, being anonymous almost. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you've gotten more out of getting your questions answered or you've gotten more out of answering people's questions? Like what do you feel has been the more healing part for you? I would say answering questions. I like that you gave that answer because uh, that's what I was like leaning to. I was like, oh, I hope she says it. <laughs> because I've got a couple of girlfriends that already were diagnosed before I was. And I'm sitting there, I'm crying hysterically, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, listen, don't freak out. It's a simple thing. So I love being able to go in and like, hey, 
not the end of the world, you know, just this is what you gotta do, like, this is how you disclose to people, like, this is the speech that I give. It's scary the first couple of times, but after that, you win some and you lose some. That's about it. Like, some people are really cool about it, and then the others that are probably misinformed are kind of nervous, but, you know, like, you talk to them, you hang out, blah, blah. You win some, you lose some. And with the giving piece and giving the advice and helping people with disclosing, like, what's your uh, your preferred method of disclosure? Like, how do you do it? Do you prefer in person, over the phone? Do you message? How soon do you disclose? Tell me all of that. It depends on where and how I meet the person. Because I've tried dating sites like Tinder and, you know, I've tried positive singles. I, like put it up front before they want to meet I'm like hey so got this thing maybe it's not your thing but whatever and some people are like oh that's fine we don't have to whatever if I meet somebody in person before it gets anywhere like sexual I just bring it up and like hey uh I was diagnosed last June it just kind of like depends on where and how I meet somebody I don't want to meet somebody off of you know dating from the internet so if it's from the internet I bring it up beforehand mm-hmm. but if it's a person I bring it up before anything gets sexual wait people meet people in person and off the internet I go to a lot of bars around where I live <laughs> I'm pretty popular in my city Ooh, okay we got a local celebrity let's go <laughs> uh, how is that for you though like having herpes and being popular in your city and meeting people and still like disclosing and dating are you worried about people who know your status running into each other and like talking about you or sharing your status with other people oh not at all if i tell one person and then they feel the need to tell a friend that's all right. There's no shame behind me. If your friend wants to come up and approach me, then here's the facts. I'm going to lay it down to you. Don't come up and shame me. But if you want to go home with me, then that's all right, too. So this hasn't detoured you at all from having casual sex, it sounds like. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, good. I didn't mean to say good. I'm, like, celebrating this for you. In these instances, you seem to have a very uh, laid-back attitude about it, like a very... There's plenty fish in the sea, or maybe I'm just not your bowl of cereal. You may like Fruit Loops, and I like Apple Jacks, and that's okay. Attitude about it. How did you get to that point? Because you were recently diagnosed, like less than a year ago, and you already have this confidence about you, where most people, when they're diagnosed, they don't want to touch themselves, they don't want others touching them, and they may feel contagious, or have all these negative associations with their body after a positive diagnosis, but here you are, nine months later, like, yeah, I still catch hook up and I disclosed confidently what helped you with that so one of my girlfriends she actually drove me to the doctor I was at work and I just had like a really bad like I thought it was a UTI almost and I've had them before and so I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna drink grand Prix juice I'm just gonna try and flush my system but it didn't work and I was like okay something's wrong I'm gonna go to the doctor my girlfriend drove me to the doctor she sat and waited for me and I come out I'm hysterical I'm just a mess afterwards we just like sat down together and she's like hey I've got a couple other friends that have been diagnosed and so she's like this is what they went through I remember talking to them about it and like it's gonna be okay 
So I had a very good support system already when I was diagnosed. Can you say that one more time, please? I had a very great support system when I was diagnosed. And if you don't talk about it, you don't know who's going through it because a lot of people are ashamed to speak up. What I did is I was open with like my closest friends and I was like, hey, this is what I went through. This is why I disappeared for two weeks. Um, and you know, everybody was welcoming and beautiful. So it helps to talk about it. Mm. You, like you never know like who's going through the same thing. Like you would never know if like your closest coworker is doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Uh, sorry. You I can, don't know if I was naughty. You can curse. If you can you can smoke a cigarette while you record on the podcast, you can say a curse word. You never know who is right next to you being your closest friend. So I am here to end the stigma. You are my best friend. I don't know if we've talked about this, but we're gonna talk about it. I like that you are going into the safety of your network that's already there. Uh, your support system being your friends. Was it challenging at all for you to come out of that two weeks? And I want to ask you what you did during that two weeks, because I'm sure you had to process and everything. And maybe you had a little bit of time to experience the negative emotions on your own and deal with it. However, so actually, let's start there before we get to just what empowered you to disclose to a friend, because most people, they get this and they don't want to tell anyone. So for the two weeks, I went out of town with my best friend and I just did a lot of journaling, a lot of self-reflecting, and um, I was talking a lot with the guy that gave it to me. I told him, I was like, I'm not mad. I don't hate you in any way. I'm not angry. I want to better understand what it is and what I can do about it. So we were sitting there, we were at the beach, even though it was like 60 degrees. Everybody else is like bundled up and I'm sitting there just writing in my journal, sitting in the sun. And I'm like, this is the best day of my life. I'm sitting here. I'm not afraid. It's a scary thing to go through. And I definitely felt scared a little bit, but it's not going to kill me. I can't kill anybody else. And if that's the worst thing that's going to happen to me, then I'll take it. So your journaling and your self-reflection, I love that you said this because while it took me several years to get to a point to begin doing this that was an extremely powerful part of my healing process and the reason i say it is because i think that it pulled thoughts from my subconscious things that i may have been repressing to the forefront of my mind because it now it's right there on that paper once your hand and that pen start moving across that sheet of paper you don't know what's gonna come out and there's no filter in between of you having to stop and think about what you're gonna say or what you're gonna write. It's just flowing from your subconscious, through your arms, through your fingertips, through that pen and onto the paper. And when it's there, you can't unsee that. As challenging as it is to really take stock and be honest with yourself about who you are, what you're going through and how you feel about it. Thank you for bringing up journaling and self-reflecting. You seemed to have not carried this as heavily as many of us do once we're diagnosed. You talked about 
forgiveness with your partner who passed it on to you and you forgave him there was just such this lightness to you about it like herpes didn't weigh you down into the depths of negative emotions in fact it seems like it brought you into a space of lighthearted forgiveness for this person that passed it on to you. So can you tell me a little bit about that relationship between you two? Like, how'd you know that he gave it to you? And then how were you able to forgive him so easily? I'm assuming it was him, uh, them. How'd you forgive them so easily? We just had like a very, very romantic relationship and it was beautiful and wonderful. And like, I loved him so much. But he was a little bit older than I was, so he was like, hey, I don't know if I want to, like, settle down with a 24-year-old. It's a little bit weird for me. And I was like, okay, like, as long as I've got your time right now, that's fine. We're having fun for the moment. But I couldn't be mad. He was so supportive. You know, he kissed me, and he was like, it's going to be all right. And I was like, it's going to be all right. It's just a little scary the first couple of months. But after that, it was so easy after reading about it and learning the facts. You know, we're still friends. We still talk every now and then. But it was pretty, pretty good telling him about it. You let him know that you were diagnosed and he didn't harbor any sort of resentment towards you either. There was no accusations at all. It was just, hey, here's what happened. And he was like what he's just like oh i'm sorry like we'll get through this i'm sorry we're in this together or was uh what what was like the tone of you telling him and him responding initially well we were both pretty just like oops i guess is a good way to put it because neither of us knew um i don't know if it came from him and I don't know if maybe it was just an underlying thing because that's what it does, but I think it came out. I'm not pointing any fingers, I'm sorry, because you can't do that with that. We both just were very calm and read up on it and talked about it, and there was no hatred at all, and I'm so very lucky that that was my case because a lot of people don't have that, and I just wish that everybody could have a very relieving disclosure first time that I did. Yeah, I think that does shape your next disclosure and what you expect in future disclosures as you move forward. So um, depending on how a doctor delivers a diagnosis, depending on how a partner or a friend receives a disclosure, that's gonna be what you expect moving forward into the world. So it's great that you had such a positive experience. And you mentioned that he was older. Are you open to sharing how old he was? He was 40 and I was 23, 24. So this completely shatters what I said earlier about how people receive the news about their diagnosis because 
while I say it's age group specific, younger people tend to be more radical and ready to take action and are excited about hopping into action and joining community. Whereas this person who's 40 received a diagnosis and responded in a very mature way and supportive way. So while he may not have jumped up in the advocacy realm, or maybe he did, did he? I don't want to make assumptions. Uh, no. Uh, he just told me about something yeah. happened. I want to talk to you about this. But no, he was like very reassuring and just wanted to comfort me through the whole thing. And he talked me through the two weeks where I ran away just to get my mind in order. It was very relieving and comforting. I didn't feel scared after three or four days. It's just another thing. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to be afraid. I'm really appreciating the energy that I'm getting from you as you talk through this. It's just like how lighthearted the entire experience has been for you and just how, how strong you are. How strong you are for being supported and utilizing your own support system and then going on into this group and using your experience here to help combat the stigma. I know it wasn't easy and it couldn't be easy, but you are a very strong person for just having been able to deal with this in the way that you have. So that's why like I'm smiling as you talk because your experience sounds like what I wish a lot of people's could be so this is a really good start to that like this podcast episode is going to help someone you are going to help someone so i thank you for bringing your story here and being who you are in the world well thank you so much i just i want to help people it's not scary guys like i promise it is so not scary it seems hard at first but it's not gonna kill you nothing scary about it you're not gonna kill anybody we're all just here exactly i usually leave people with like space for final thoughts but i think you just beat me to it (laughs) (laughs) if you have anything that you want to share here we know you know it's not going to kill you you're not going to kill anyone else i think that the biggest takeaway for me from this episode is you have support, use it. And I I say it often, you have support, you just gotta be strong enough to use it. Exactly. Don't be afraid to talk to your friends or your family. Everybody loves you. They are there for you. Be open, share your story. Everybody loves you. You don't have to come out to the public. Eventually, maybe, whatever, whatever floats your goat. But people love you, and they will be there for you. I promise. It's not scary. Yes. I love that positivity. And um, the Facebook group can be found. I think you can just search it. It's public. Um, The name of the group is... I keep doing it. You got to cover for me, Megan. Oh, let me look it up. (laughs) We both drawing blanks. (laughs) Well, because I looked it up, no stigma, but it's got um like a whole herpes not scary and the stigma thing. Oh yeah. So all right, well while Megan looks that up, I'm gonna draw us to a close. 
I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for bearing with me through the solo episodes that you heard recently. I've just been trying to make sure that I could get content out consistently. Um, As you probably have noticed by now, we don't have our sponsor anymore. So um, moving forward, I mean, I guess I can say whatever the hell I want to say now about anything. And it's interesting because like now I'm not sponsored by a dating site and I just started dating again. So Oh, the irony. (laughs) But yeah, please continue to like, rate, review, subscribe to the Something Positive for Positive People podcast on any of your platforms. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So if you'd like to donate, like our big picture goal is to be able to provide therapy for all stigmatized communities or provide some sort of healing, whatever that may look like, um, as long as we're using the money ethically to pay for people to receive the services that we say that we're helping people to get. Um, I want to be able to continue to um, just do what I'm doing without coming out of pocket. So any of your donations can cover the uh, paperwork that keeps us legit. The IRS just hit me for $200 to maintain nonprofit status. Um, I no longer have to pay the podcast hosting fee because now um, that's taken care of as a result of the website. So there's going to be some traveling coming up and events that I'm going to want to be a part of, facilitate, put together for people to be able to just come together and have community and begin to empower one another and continue to do that because with the community we can get through all of this just as you heard Megan said now I think I stalled long enough Megan what's the name of the group I couldn't find it it's on my phone on my laptop (laughs) wait 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 no don't be please don't be sorry all right I'm gonna pull it up and I am going to continue to talk a little bit. So um, announcements, like I said, if you are capable of, able of, have the means to donate, that's really awesome and helpful. I actually had someone reach out to me recently about seeking a therapist. I wasn't able to help her yet. Um, I hope to be able to, but um, in her case, she had a set budget in mind of what she was able to pay and her budget was it was a reasonable number and ideally I'd be able to cover the remaining costs so that the therapist can get full compensation for their time and services and also the person who needs the services is able to access them because there's an issue with accessibility and I want to be able to help bridge that gap all right so the group is called break the silence hashtag no shame and right now the group is at i swear i just saw that this group was at a lot of members i think there were oh here we go 383 members and i mean i just found it three days ago maybe so um yeah if you want to be a part of it you can come here you can see the stories of people who are publicly disclosing or considering disclosing but everyone here is being empowered to navigate combat fight battle the stigma and um, this is a place where you get the tools to navigate stigma and heal your shame through other people's healing processes so um, I want to uplift these types of spaces it's a safe space for you to be able to come here get information and become empowered to choose how you want to move forward after your diagnosis so it's an option not the option and I want to make that clear you don't have to do anything you don't feel ready to do all right now Megan did you have anything else you wanted to say you can take us out 
out with the till next time, stay sex positive if you want to. Until next time, stay sex positive. Sex. <laughs> We like to have fun here. <laughs> Thanks to you.